This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's the week of November 9th, 2015, and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 302 of Defender Radio. I'm feeling a little patriotic this week. It's a combination of a few things, I think. It's whiskey season, and the local distilleries have all released their select barrels. The Grey Cup is growing closer every day, and I'm pretty sure the Ticats are going to go all the way this year. And of course, Remembrance Day is this Wednesday. Before I get into this week's episode, I do want to ask that you spend some time on Wednesday, whether you're in a province where it's a holiday, or you're like me in Ontario and will be working, thinking back to all of those individuals who have served. Whatever our feelings on past or present conflict, those men, women, and even non-human animals who have stood in the way of those who would do us harm deserve our respect. Since I first read it more than a decade ago, this poem, which Eleanor Roosevelt is said to have carried on her person throughout World War II, has deeply resonated for me every November 11th. Lest I continue my complacent way, help me to remember that somewhere, somehow out there, a man died for me today. As long as there must be war, I then must ask an answer, am I worth dying for? Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, on November 11th, please take a moment to thank those who have served. But this week, we're talking about another form of serving one's country. We have a new Prime Minister, new Members of Parliament, and a new Cabinet. What does it all mean for the animals? It's hard to make a clear distinction. On one hand, we have a PMO that already seems more open and transparent than it has for the last 10 years. On the other, we have a Prime Minister who's a little too fond of his Canada Goose, Coyote Fur-Trimmed Parka. We have gender equality in the cabinet for the first time. And we have cabinet members who wore sealskin to their swearing-in ceremonies. To help us break down what some of this means now, and will mean over the next four years, we connected with political powerhouse Camille Labchuk. A former Green Party candidate and now the freshly minted executive director for Animal Justice, Camille's experience, education, and compassion gives her the unique perspective we need to help figure out what a liberal Canada means for the animals. So before we get into politics, I do want to congratulate you on your new position with Animal Justice. Uh, I can't think of anyone more well-suited or more passionate to take on such a role. Well, thank you. I'm excited to become the executive director. Uh, we have a really solid team of people who are very dedicated, very smart lawyers who are dedicated to this, uh, to the issue of animal legal rights, and I'm proud to be heading it up. All right. So let's let's dive face first into this. When I say the words Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, what is your reaction? Relief. <laughs> 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 I think I, I share that sentiment with most of Canada right now. We're sort of emerging from uh, the long winter that was the Harper decade. Uh, you know, progressive groups, animal groups, environmental groups had a very difficult time getting anything done in Ottawa for the last 10 years. And 
the fact that we now have a new regime, I think, leaves us all very hopeful. Now, it, I, if I had spoken to you, um, I guess, at the beginning of uh, the campaign in July, would you have believed that Justin Trudeau would be not only the prime minister, but the leader of a majority government? Well, you know, I've learned long ago never to make any predictions in politics because anything can happen on the drop of a dime. Uh, this was a tremendously fascinating campaign. There were, you know, times at which uh, the liberals, the NDP and the conservatives were in a virtual dead heat. Uh, so I'm, you know, I, I don't know what I would have predicted if I were asked to make a prediction back then. I, I, I you know, it didn't seem at that point like we were going to end up with a majority government. I am a little disappointed that, that we, we do have a majority government. I would have preferred to see a minority. Uh, you know, the problem with a majority government that only got 40% of the votes, uh, as the liberals did, and you could say the same about the conservatives after 2011 or, or, you know, many other governments through history. The problem is that most people still didn't vote for it. And we still have a system that underrepresents other parties in, in, in this situation, the NDP for sure, and definitely the Green Party. Yeah, the Green Party was very frustrating to watch. And I remember explaining that to, to a friend um, as the polls were coming in. And saying, well, they've got, you know, what I think it was 4% or so uh, of the popular, but only got the one seat. And trying to, and like, this is why we need to change is 4% of the voting members of the country want this person to represent them. And only, what's that turned into? A, a, a half a percentage point of people are getting someone to represent them as the Green Party. For sure. The Green Party should have well over a dozen seats. Uh, and if we had a fair proportional system, the Green Party would have that many seats. Um, you know, I think that what we saw in this election was uh, strategic voting, simply crushing other parties. Uh, I don't think it would have mattered whether it were the Liberals or the NDP who were ahead of the Conservatives in the polls in the final stretch of the campaign. Voters were just ready to vote for whomever could take out Stephen Harper. And the Green Party got swept up in that crush. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, would agree with that. And especially it was, I think it was around that sort of uh, first week of October when the Liberals started to inch ahead uh, of the Conservatives. I think everyone said, okay, they're the ones. Uh, we got to support them. And I remember I was still in Vancouver from our conference, so I was uh, sitting in a hotel room by the airport watching it, and uh, the I turned it on, and all of Eastern Canada was red. I said, oh, they're playing with the screen. That's neat. Uh, I, I wonder when they're going to show the results. Um, and sure enough, it just kept spreading. Um, so that, that was certainly fascinating to watch. Uh, but, but speaking of political reform, the Liberals are one of the parties, I think the only one who disagreed with this was the conservatives that say we need electoral reform though i don't think they were quite as specific as the ndp and certainly not as specific as the green party in terms of what that would look like well i think one of the first major tests of of the new trudeau government is going to be how he deals with electoral reform he's been care very careful about what he said and that's that he will do away with first past the post before the next election. But that does not mean by any stretch that we're going to get proportional representation. And, and what I suspect the liberals want to bring in uh, is a ranked ballot system, uh, because that system tends to favor middle of the road parties, centrist parties like the liberals, but it does not deliver proportional results. Um, 
you know, under that system, the Green Party could still continue to fall short of the number of seats that voters would like it to have. Um, you know, the same could happen with any small party, and we could still have, you know, essentially a false majority government. It's also no guarantee that we won't have another 10 years of uh, a Stephen Harper-like prime minister. Uh, in Australia, which uses alternative vote or ranked ballots, they elected Tony Abbott, who was Harper's down under equivalent. Uh, he was recently deposed because people were, frankly, fed up with his negative attitude and his racist politics. But the system down there of alternative voter ranked ballots was no guarantee against electing uh, an individual like that. So I think the first major test of the Trudeau government is going to be whether they will do the right thing and bring in a proportional system that ensures parliament reflects how Canadians actually vote. I think that would be very interesting as well. And I agree his, his language was very vague, um, whereas uh, the, the Greens and the NDP both said proportional representation. Um, and that's that's what I want. That's what I uh, I think we need. Uh, and, and that's why I should be in charge. But failing that, <laughs> uh, one of the first things that we uh, heard from Justin Trudeau was that he was going to invite all of the leaders, uh, all the premiers, sorry, from the territories and provinces to join him at this uh, uh, environmental summit in Paris. Um, and, and he said that, and then two days later, it was wearing Canada Goose, uh, which is the notorious coyote fur trim uh, parka. So we've been getting a lot of interesting questions and a lot of really strange views through our social media from members. People saying, well, he's not Harper, so that's a plus. And he seems interested in the environment, so that's a plus. But... He's he's wearing Canada Goose. He's defended wearing fur in the past. What what's your read in terms of the environmental theme uh, of Justin Trudeau? Not necessarily his cabinet or the party, but of him himself. Well, there's still a lot that we don't know about um, the way Justin Trudeau views animal issues and how he intends to treat them in his government. That sort of remains to be seen. Um, you know, I think a lot of politicians of all stripes do wear fur, and that's uh, a challenge. We, as animal advocates, have to be constantly uh, educating people about the cruelty of the fur industry and reaching out to them. Um, but, you know, often when people learn about it, they uh, will will adopt humane alternatives like faux fur. So, you know, that's one issue. Uh, what's encouraging to me is that I know a great number of Liberal MPs who now form part of that government uh, who are very concerned about animal issues. Uh, animal justice in this election formed a group called Humane Voters Project, uh, sorry, Humane Voters Canada, which was a project of animal justice. And through Humane Voters, we endorsed uh, eight MPs from the across, across the country based on their track records as strong champions for animal issues. We're really encouraged that nearly all of them were elected, including many liberals. And we've since been contacted by even more MPs, some of them liberals, who say, we're happy that you're doing this. We really want to um, help and work on animal issues in the new parliament. So, you know, one, one um, positive thing that Justin Trudeau has promised is that he's going to hold more free votes in caucus. So that means that liberal MPs won't necessarily have to vote uh, in accordance with liberal policies. They can vote the way their constituents want them to or, or in, in accordance with their consciences. So I think that's very positive. Uh, and I think a tremendous step for animal protection in Parliament would be for MPs to get together and form an animal protection caucus, a, a group of like-minded MPs who can get together to work on these issues and pass nonpartisan legislation supported by members of all parties. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. 
You're listening to Defender Radio. I am Brad Gates, owner of Gates Wildlife Control. Do you have raccoons or squirrels living in your attic? Did you know that the hole in your roof is letting water in? Your insulation is being ruined and they could be chewing on your electrical wiring? Protect your biggest investment. We will come to your house and provide you with a no-obligation free estimate. Please visit our website at gateswildlifecontrol.com or dial 416-750-9453. Bearsmart.com is the most comprehensive resource on the web for all things bear. At Bearsmart.com, we work hard to ensure people and bears safely and respectfully coexist. Join us as we give bears a voice at Bearsmart.com. Have you ever heard a coyote sing? Did you know that coyotes are also called North America song dogs? They communicate through unique howls, yips, and barks. At Coyote Watch Canada, we're committed to fostering peaceful coexistence for communities and their wildlife neighbors by building compassionate wildlife communities one community at a time. Please visit us at coyotewatchcanada.com for more information and tips about this amazing keystone species. Millions of animals are killed for their fur each year in Canada. You can help stop the cruelty. Join the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals today and be the voice for those who can't speak for themselves. Find out more at furbearerdefenders.com. This is Defender Radio. We're back with more from Animal Justice Executive Director Camille Labchuk. Well, it's, uh, we'll take a minute and, and take a look at the uh, the cabinet that was announced this week, uh, first week of November. And top of that list is Catherine McKenna. She She's the one. There's already a flurry of articles about her. There's a lot of talk about her. She is the new Environment and Climate Change Minister. And that, that itself, I think, is telling uh, of the portfolio and what it's going to mean. Uh, what's your read on uh, uh, Ms. McKenna? You know, I think the renaming of the portfolio is a very positive step. The Wynn government did the same thing in uh, Ontario. And, uh, you know, I think adding the, the words climate change in there reflects a, a revised focus of the department. Um, Ms. McKenna, in interviews, I've been happy to see her emphasize the fact that she's going to be spending a lot of her time working on the climate issue that... Uh, she has young children, and that's the the most important thing she can do to assure their future. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm at this point simply very pleased to see someone in there who isn't a conservative and who does wish to take action. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I, I'm going to take that as positive. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, one of the other uh, major ministries that we're going to be watching is, is natural resources, and that's uh, uh, Jim Carr, who I believe is this is this is his first round at the federal level. Um, he, I don't know much about him. Not much has been said about him. And he is primarily noted as a business guy. Um, so I, I'm immediately kind of concerned about that. I see he's from Manitoba, which is traditionally that more right leaning, um, hunter trapper lobbyist kind of community. Uh, again, is this something where his personality is what's important and not where he's from. I mean, because I just keep thinking of Robert Sopak, who was Manitoba MP. And if you mentioned trapping, he just lit up because he knew that was part of his constituency. 
Um, so is this, this someone that we can expect to be uh, a partner in moving forward? Or is this going to be someone who, again, is going to end up being an enemy, do you think? Well, I, uh, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Jim Carr or his stance on, on issues yet. I think that the difference between him and, and maybe another uh, MP from Manitoba, including Robert Sopak, is that Mr. Carr is from uh, Winnipeg South Centre, which is a, an urban riding. Um, his constituents, I suspect, will be much less concerned with hunting and trapping issues than, than Mr. Sopak's will be. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say that simply because he's from Manitoba that uh, he'll hold similar views. So I think, uh, you know, there's a lot that we still have to learn about this new cabinet. Um, I, I like making judgment without information, personally. It's more fun. <laughs> um, and the other two big ones, obviously, that are going to impact us are uh, fisheries um, and the uh, Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. Um, fisheries, that was one to those who are very, very close to the seal hunt issue, the commercial seal hunt issue, were immediately disappointed because our new Minister of Fisheries was wearing traditional sealskin garb, um, which as an Inuk would be, uh, I, I guess, appropriate for him. But it, it certainly indicates where we can probably expect this government to take that issue in the coming years. Well, I'm not so sure I agree. I think we'll we'll have to see. Um, you know, what I think a, a lot of people in the Inuit community are, are beginning to realize is that uh, the federal government's strategy of tying the commercial seal kill that's done exclusively for fur uh, on Canada's east coast, that the federal government's strategy of tying that to Inuit traditional sealing uh, is not working out well for, for their communities. Um, I, you know, I, I think that the two hunts are very different. They're connected conducted by different individuals in different parts of the country and for different species of seals. Um, you know, the EU trade ban exempts products of traditional Inuit hunts in a certain manner. Uh, and so I'm, you know, not discouraged at all by his appointment as fisheries minister because, you know, I think those communities are starting to see that conflating the two hunts is, is not serving them well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what is your read on agriculture? That's, that's one where... Um, your day-to-day -day is probably going to be more influenced than ours. Uh, I don't think much of the fur bear mandate is really covered off in agriculture, except sort of as a spin-off, sort of as a result of animal practices at uh, that level, how wild animals are treated. Um, and again, wildlife in captivity is uh, far below, I think, a lot of other farmed animals. Uh, so, what what's your take on uh, the new the new person in that role? Well, it, it, for animals, I, I really do think it is the more, most important cabinet uh, position. Um, you know, over seven hundred million animals are, are slaughtered every year in Canada for their for their uh, for food. Uh, many of these animals suffer immensely during the process of being raised and transported and slaughtered, and uh, we all have a very urgent moral obligation to start addressing that. So it's a very important ministry. Uh, Lawrence McCauley has been a, a Liberal MP for, for quite some time. He's, he's uh, coming to the table with experience as a cabinet minister. He's an MP from my home province of Prince Edward Island. Uh, I happen to know he's been you know, supportive of the seal hunt in the past, but uh, I don't think that necessarily is suggestive of what he might do in the agriculture position. Um, but you know, I think he's going to become a, a key part of discussions and and uh, efforts to reach out to government that, that happened in that area. All right. Um, next time we do this, we need more bile and hatred from you. It makes for better radio, just so you know. <laughs> uh, now, one thing I do want to ask you, and it's not related to animals, but I think you are probably one of the most 
perfect people to answer this or to look at this concept is Trudeau's gender equality in the cabinets. Um, uh, I, I am a white male from an affluent community, so I feel that my opinion is always going to be screwy and skewy uh, and it puts me in a difficult position. But you are a, an incredibly smart, intelligent, uh, powerful woman uh, who is deeply involved in politics. So how do you feel? about this and this this has been talked about constantly um what what's your take on this move that he's made well you know i'm even surprised that it's a controversial topic of discussion um anymore i think trudeau said it best himself when asked about it following the cabinet swearing in ceremony he said because it's 2015 uh you know he's right about that these these measures work they increase uh equality between the the two genders it's important to do that in this modern day of age, and you know, I, I really think the fact that there's even a discussion about this at this stage is is um, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of silly. Yeah, it's uh, again, I that's kind of my attitude, but I'm not. I, I, <laughs> I try not to have one publicly, frequently on these issues um, because. Yeah, you know, I have to say that the the comments from you know, it typically is older males who you know, I suppose feel feel threatened. Um, I have to say that there, you know, the, the opinion pieces and the commentary on panels isn't even all that well argument because argued because the arguments, frankly, just aren't supported anymore. Um, you know, it's time we do this. We already have other measures in cabinet like regional representation and community representation. Um, gender representation is just as or more important. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, and I will now adopt what you said as my official opinion. Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> I should just keep you around all the time for that. Yeah, um, why not? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this, Camille. Um, <laughs> I will tell you, Michael. <laughs> um, and we, we've got four years to go. Uh, we don't know a lot about what this government's going to do. Uh, we've got some indications about attitudes early on. How do you feel? I just overall, with four years ahead of us, with a lot of rookie MPs, with a fresh face, where is your, your heart, where is your gut sitting on this new government? Well, you know, my primary interest um, as executive director of an animal law-focused organization is getting Parliament to pass better laws protecting animals. Uh, I'm feeling really optimistic from that standpoint. I think that there's a lot of enthusiasm among a lot of MPs for action on animals. I think the Canadian public is there. You know, every time uh, there's a push to amend the criminal code legislation pertaining to animals, the public is overwhelmingly responsive and supportive of those measures. And MPs and senators have told us that they've never received so much mail on any other issue that Parliament's ever debated. So I know the public is there, and uh, it's time to translate that public will to do more for animals into legislation at the federal level. To find out more about animal justice and Camille's work, including a groundbreaking case in which she spoke on behalf of the animals before the Supreme Court this week, check out animaljustice.ca. That's the show for this week. Thank you everyone for tuning in, and please send us feedback or comment on what you heard. You can check out Twitter at Defender Radio or email me at michael at furbeardefenders.com. Until next time, this is Michael Howie reminding you to stay informed and stay strong.